I don't really think there is there's such a thing as an intrinsically bad person. Welcome to Private Parts. And that was her way of saying that I was too fat to wear certain clothes. I, you know, it sounds stupid. I had a beautiful relationship with my breath. The podcast that's not afraid to go there. I would like to think that, that things could get could get a little bit better. Produced by Beth Gibson and Irrit Pollack. I'll say a word and you just say the first thing that comes into your head, okay? Yeah, yeah, I've got it. School. Anxiety. Morning. Ugh, tiredness. School. Sex. Uh, orgasm, I guess. Old. Joy. Young. <laughs> Activist. The biggest joy. Yeah, yeah. Left wing. Peace. Oh, uh, yeah. Women. Um, heroes. Powerful. Men. Uh, I don't know. I can't think of anything. They can be heroes as well. Brown. Beautiful. Racism. Whoa. Problem. Oh. Trump. Future. Um, scary. Success. You're listening to Private Parts, and I'm Irit Pollack. This is part three of the Right Here experiment, where I talk politics with people that I wouldn't normally spend time with. And in this episode, you're going to hear from teenagers. When was the last time you had a real conversation with a teenager? You know, I realised, as someone that's about to be 28 and is not that far away from teenhood, that I haven't really had a proper conversation with a teenager since I was one. I think this post from It's Feminism, it's an Instagram account that I found out from talking to teenagers, kind of sums up the tension uh, between older generations and younger ones today. It goes something like this. Parents. Kids are more depressed these days. I wonder why. Kids. You destroyed the economy for us. The earth is literally dying. We're going to work until we die, and on top of that, the Nazis are back. Parents. Ugh, it's those pesky iPhones. So, in this episode, you're going to hear from Iman and Zoe. They're both 16. They're friends, but they've never met. First up, you're going to hear from Zoe. Okay, we're good, yeah. She lives in Tel Aviv, but she's going to be conscripted into the Israeli army, the IDF, next year. Right now, Zoe's in high school, but she's also an active member of Meretz Youth, a growing left-wing, social, democratic and green political party in Israel that advocates for a two-state solution. A lot of people think that none of the Tel Aviv people know what's going on, but actually almost every class sometimes starts to be political somehow. And I think that's amazing. Yet something um, that kind of bothers me is that I'm the feminist annoying friend, the political annoying friend. And that only shows that only shows me that there is a huge problem in uh, right now, even in our society, that tell that's telling kids and uh, teens that if you're talking about human rights and if you're talking about something else, that K-pop group, band groups, and uh, I don't know math homeworks, then oh, it's boring. Oh, it's politics. We're not supposed to be interested, and it doesn't include our lives. You remember the time that you did something that you felt was political and important to do? Um, yeah, well, um, I used to volunteer um, a couple of places, and one of them uh, was um, immigrants, uh, children, playhouses, and schools. It was the start of my political uh, action and my political life. It made me um, see that I'm not the only one, and that there's not only us 
not only um, the, like the Israeli Ashkenazi around us, but also other people who escaped wars and trying to find a good place to live. And the government doesn't really pay attention to them and it doesn't help them. And their situation is just going worse. And I think that that is what just opened my eyes and told me, Zoe, you gotta help them. You gotta do something for this society. You gotta do something to help every living creature around you, not only Tel Aviv, but in Israel and maybe even the world. Do you think, why do you think that's your responsibility? I think it's everyone's responsibility. I think that um, as people, as a person, as an individual, um, if I can wake up in the morning and everything is great and I have my own room, I have so many things of my own and my life is going just great and I live in Tel Aviv, which is the most expensive city in Israel, I think that I can do something to help others because I'm not the only one living here and I need to help someone else to live their life because they can't and I'm the strong one and they might not be able to do it for a long time. I think that every one of us has the responsibility to change someone else's life. Do you think that young people in Israel, teenagers, are misunderstood? Yes, I think that um, Israel with I think that Israel is really underrate, uh, underestimating our our power and our voices and i think that there are a lot of people who are so afraid to say what they think and what they feel and what they want to do because i know a lot of people and i was talking to them and they're really feeling underestimated because israel um i don't really want to do anything dangerous for myself right now but um israel as much as it's the only democracy in the Middle East, it's not, uh, it's not really a democracy. People don't have every single right that deserve. And us as youth and not as Palestinians, who let's not even talk about the rights they don't have, even though they deserve it, we really are afraid to say what we think because some bigger people and some people who are right now with the government they don't like people who think differently from them because we are a threat for them and for their place in the government and you were supposed to study and live your life the same way they want you to do it and someday your thoughts are started are starting to change and you start to feel something different that's a very big thing and that's something that for me it's great i think it's super i think it's amazing for people to think differently but um when they know what other people when they know what uh, the government can do to people who think differently who does things differently that's scary because I know of people who went to jail and who got to really big things and really scary things just for doing the thing they say it's right. Even if it's not going to IDF to the Israeli army because it's not because we know um, what really what's really happening inside, then we're going to jail and we can have so many amazing things taken away. Even even our rights as human beings. Um, when you're about to enter the army and you don't have any choice about it, mm-hmm. like, what do you, how um, are you going to approach it? I'm actually kind of terrified of that. 
um, when I first got my call, we have like uh, two calls until we actually need to go there. But um, I just a couple of months ago, I got my first call. And it was, I think, the saddest day of my life because I'm not, I, I don't want to misjudge anyone who goes to the army. And I have so many, so much respect for people who are trying to fight for their lives. But I think that um, I know that the IDF is not the most, um, let's say, humane thing in Israel. And they're doing so many things that. I strongly, strongly disagree with, including uh, taking Palestinians' lands and, and rights and acting in so many violent ways. That's terrifying for me because I know that in one year I don't have a choice. We don't have a choice. I'll have to do it. I'll have to go there. And as a, as, as a person, IDF can totally change you. I know that that happened to so many people. I know they've totally changed some people for uh, might be better, but some people for for the worst because it brings out the worst of you. You you'll be in places you've never thought you'll be. You'll see things you will never want to see again, and I think that as a seventeen, eighteen, nineteen years old people teens, that's so dangerous and so traumatic and not only for us but also for others because we have a weapon even if i'm only um doing i don't know um if i'm only on computer or i don't know what we have the weapon every idf soldier has a weapon and that's terrified for us and for the society to, to see a teen walking around with a weapon that they might not use for the best uh, and uh, my sister uh, just finished the army actually uh, two years ago and uh, she really liked it she think that it was a very um, it was an amazing experience for her because she met so many people and she had done things that she will never regret she was at the uh, 8 uh, 200 which is it's like uh, the unit that um they're trying to to figure to listen like to the enemies and let's say intelligence even though it is so she's been in that in the biggest unit of intelligence and she loved every single moment but um my other sister um she actually hated it it's scary for me because i don't know what to decide but um what choices do you have right now that's actually the thing i don't really have a choice um, if I'm not a, a religious person or I don't have any health issues or anything like that, so I don't really have a choice. I could, I can get a, joy, a choice um, in what department I want to go, but not really if I want to go to the army. They won't listen to me unless yeah. I'm in some severe, bizarre situation. I'm re I really hope I can figure out where to go before I'll actually affect someone else's lives and that's scary <laughs> like so right now you're at this turning point and i would imagine like you know so many things are going to change i guess yeah and who like if you could if you could speak to anyone in israel like who you really respect for their advice who would that be um i think that i would go um i think that I've already uh, spoken to a lot of people that I know that I trust and I really want to try to talk to uh, strangers and but not like Tel Aviv strangers but 
more of other of uh, different places like maybe um Beersheba, like places in the south and in the north in the most conflicted areas and see um what they think about it because i really want to engage every single thought about it every single idea and just to figure out what is the best way that i can affect in a good way of someone else's life uh, but also try not to ruin my you know one thing that i think about a lot is there are a lot of things that haven't changed right there are a lot of things that don't change about human behavior a lot of things that will take a long time to change but there is something very very different right now about living right now and you were born into it and that's the internet how do you see say you know looking at a Palestinian woman's Instagram feed or looking at, you know, how do you see the internet as an opportunity or, or don't you? Actually, I think it's an amazing opportunity. As you said about the Palestinian woman with Instagram, I actually have a friend from Dubai. I just started talking to her a couple of weeks ago. Um, and uh, it's amazing. It's, sh- it's actually shocking for me because I used to, I used to grow up, uh, not because of my parents, but I used to grow up when people telling me um, every other place, every other Muslim country, everything else, it's a dictator. Nothing like that. Uh, Israel, it's the most different place. And and even right now, um, I am aware of more of the Muslim culture. But when I was younger, I, I didn't know about it. I didn't know anything about it. And right now, when I see someone with hijab on Instagram, I'm like, Wow, that's pretty cool because if I was like um maybe even fourteen, I think wow, how isn't how aren't people like trying to kill her for that? And that's that's a thing amazing. Um it's shocking for me but amazing. I think that the internet is the biggest opportunity for a life to be changed for people to start taking actions. So this woman in Dubai, like yeah. how why did you start to talk to her? What are you talking about? Well, um, we started. Uh, we're both following the same, um, uh, the same account on Instagram, like a feminist account, a Muslim feminist account, um, and uh, we actually started talking because of a post that um, was about uh, Gal Gadot, um, uh, which is a Wonder Woman at the moment in, in Israeli, an Israeli former soldier. And um, people, there were so many different replies about it and different uh, people who said, what, how can you support her? She, um, she's uh, pro-Israel. And there are so many others who were, oh yeah, no, but she's, she's so great in that. And actually, uh, the girl, uh, she also uh, wrote something about how she thought Gal Gadot uh, was actually pro to uh, 2014's uh, mascara. Uh, in Gaza, and um, what just for other for listeners, what was that exactly? Uh, it was a uh, massacre. I think that's how oh, you massacre. said it. Sorry. Massacre, yeah. yeah. Massacre, yeah. Uh, in twenty fourteen, um, yeah. it was awful. It was uh, in Gaza. Many Palestinian and uh, Jewish uh, people uh, died, and so uh, she said that it was she she was a uh, pro uh, pro the massacre. And then I told her, no, she wasn't. I mean, I know Gal Gadot have, def- have a lot of uh, different feelings about her, but she wasn't. And she's a good person. So we started talking. And right now we are actually talking about every single thing. We're talking about, uh, I actually asked her a lot of things like, 
uh, what does she think about uh, gay marriage and what the Quran says about it. She asked me what I think about Benjamin Netanyahu, which, my God. Um, and I think that's amazing, and I'm so glad I actually can talk to a Muslim girl from Dubai and actually have a connection with the culture. At this point, I couldn't help myself. I asked Zoe whether her friend in Dubai, Iman, might want to have a chat with me. And it turned out that she did. So here's Iman. She's also 16 and her family are Palestinian, but they're living in Dubai now. Iman was born in Brooklyn. She's a hijabi, a feminist and an animal lover. I I think living in Dubai makes you see politics like... Because I'm... Arab, so I don't really, in this country, there's not much discrimination against Arabs much, but um, I think you see the discrimination from, like, it's kind of like you're taking a step back from politics in America, and then you see it as a much more bigger picture that's, like, worse. I think it's worse when you take a step back. It looks much more messed up. Do you think that Dubai is quite a progressive place to live right now? I think it's more progressive than people give it credit for because I, when I walk around here, I see a, like a mixed, diverse group of people. I see South Asians, I see East Asians, I see, um, I see Catholics, Christians, white people, brown people, black people, people of different religions, and I, I really I really like seeing diversity. I think it makes you feel more comfortable and accepted. Do you feel that as a young woman in Dubai today, you're treated the same as young men your age? Um, I, I think sexism is everywhere. I think um, it's internalized, it's encouraged media it's, it's I think that like it just comes in different in different ways there's like in different cultures it comes differently here it's like completely different because in America they they um, act like hijabis don't have a choice whereas here they act like um, they discriminate against sometimes they discriminate against people who dress revealingly and I think it's like it's it's kind of twisted both ways it's like they think women should be a certain way when they shouldn't they shouldn't be anything so how did you start speaking to Zoe oh um we well we were talking on a feminist page on Instagram and I was talking I was actually talking about I commented something about Gal Gadot, um, about, well, she's Wonder Woman, by the way, and she's, um, yeah, so she, 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 I was talking about how she was in the IDF, she was an IDF um, soldier, and obviously it's, um, like, it's a have-to thing there, but I was saying that she supported the 2014 Gaza massacre, and um, she 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 was saying she she told me to like send it to her because 
she was wondering if it was true or not. So then that's when we started talking on private chat about mostly political things. We spoke about the difference in women right, women's rights around the world and how we actually spoke about self-defense for women. It's something that I think unfortunately is needed, unfortunately. What are some of the things that give you hope about the future? When I see representation for like, just like randomly on TV or on books, in books or just anything for minorities, I think that kind of gives me hope. I think like the Star Wars movies just got an Asian American lead role. And um, last year, a uh, black Muslim won uh, an Oscar, and I thought that was pretty cool. It means more stories get to be told, and more children growing up can see themselves as they're, like, they, they can feel represented and feel accepted and validated. As a hijabi, I think I don't really feel represented. I haven't seen a hijabi on screen. Not even in Dubai? Not even in Dubai. <laughs> it's sad. Wow. I'm really surprised. So not even like news readers, all that kind well, of thing? No, there, there are women, but there are no hijabis. It's, I, th I think it has something to do with the stereotypes. Why, why, if you don't mind me asking, because you're so, I think it's really important to ask this so that it comes from your mouth, um, why do you wear the hijab? Because, well, I think it's a huge misconception that hijabis wear it without having a choice. I wear it because I grew up, well, I wanted, I wanted a way where I can express my culture and my religion and my background and freely just express it without conforming to society's standards. Like this is very taboo, but in the Middle East, I think that there's a little bit of everything. Like there's there's a little bit against um, people, well, mostly against women who dress revealingly. I think I see that a lot here. But um, there's sometimes, like, we went to visit a college the other day, and these two girls were sitting in front of us, and they were talking about how they didn't, they didn't want to make any hijabi friends. They, they were, like, right in front of us, they were saying, I'm not here to make any hijabi friends. I don't, it, it was really, it was weird. It was really weird to see it here. Because yeah. do you think that women who who are hijabi are misunderstood? Yes, completely. I think it comes with a stereotype and an image that the media perpetuates. Everyone thinks that it's 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 like this, I always say this, but it's it feels like everyone's all for women not conforming to society's standards until it comes to hijabis. It's entirely hypocritical to me. If I wouldn't stop thinking about what other people told about me, even if it's for my glasses or things like that, 
I wouldn't be here and I'm so glad that I found my voice and I think that it's um I don't really like to say it but I really think of myself right now as a as an example for things that can happen because there are so many brightest brightest girls I've ever met they're too afraid to people laugh at them for being like that so what would you say to other young men and women like your age right now anywhere in the world don't be afraid because you are not the only one I, th- I know that usually my mom tells me that you're not the only one everyone are like you it's fine you're not the only one who's just started school don't be scared but th- it's actually true because around the world somewhere if you're in Australia or uh, the US or whatever there is somewhere even in Israel there are people just like you and you need to raise your voice because for people that can't you need to do it for yourself and for others because jesus the adults right now cannot handle the world and we need to do it for ourselves on that note what would you say to adults or older people you've been through so much but you're just starting to ruin everything you've built please we've been through much less but we are aware of everything that's happening we see how things are being ruined we see how lives and our how lives have been affected from wars and for what for lands for what people are dying that's not worth it please listen to teens teens will actually save the world that's true Talking to teenagers was the best thing I did in 2017. In amongst what often feels like torrential bad news and inescapably shit global leadership, I discovered this undercurrent of teen awareness and connectedness that's international and smart and starting to mobilise and come of age. And I know every generation does this, but there's a paradigm shift this time because young people are connected in a way they've never been before. And there are more young, educated women than there have ever been. Talking to Zoe and Iman, two young women growing up in the Middle East today, on either side of a conflict zone that's pretty much in their DNA, who are friend requesting each other. And not just clicking a button, but really starting to talk to each other about the hard stuff and criticising it and turning it around so that they can move past it is really mind-blowing to me. So... If you want to tap into Zoe and Iman's world a little bit more, you can start by following It's Feminism on Instagram. That's the account that they met on. And I'll also post a few more accounts they rate on our site, partlyprivate.com. Thank you to Zoe and Iman for your time and your trust and to Beth Gibson for your patience as always. Happy 2018. We'll be back with more teens and other private parts stories soon. Hold up. 